0: Hello, wild one. Welcome to the Shamanic Tantra Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Taraya, and I'm honored to have you on this journey with me. My intention with this show is to create a sacred space for conversations around all the things I wish I were taught growing up. I'm here to remind you that all of you is sacred. Every emotion, every experience, and every energy that runs through your body and heart is holy. Shamanic Tantra is a path I walk in, it's a path of liberation, freedom that's found deep within the body and deep inside the breath. It's a path of reclamation, of integrating every shade of who you are, the wild, the wonderful, the primal, and the pure. All is welcome here. It's a path of truth, of devotion to the pulsing, quivering truth of this very moment. May we love each other, may we honor each other, and may we celebrate each other as we walk each other home. The shamanic Tantra Podcast. This is your host, Holly Taraya. And today we have a dear friend and special guest, Ali Light, joining me in such a deep and juicy conversation. Ali and I are both Temple Priestesses and work in the field of Tantra, intimacy, and sexuality. And we're starting a monthly series here on the shamanic Tantra podcast called Temple Priestess Talks. So her and I will be joining in conversation once a month to give you a sneak peek into the temple doors of temple culture, temple priestess work, and the arts of sacred sexuality and devotion in safe containers. So I'm so excited for you to join us on this episode today. Let's dive in.
1: Perhaps we can explore pleasure being medicine as we move forward. And like, what does that really mean?
0: Yeah, To have
1: pleasure as medicine.
0: Yes. I know. I remember when I was visiting you in Florida spontaneously about a month or so ago, we had talked about this pleasure as medicine. And I think that what a fucking revolutionary thing for people to hear and know, yeah. you know, cause we think of medicine, we think of we sort of can bring the suffering mentality into our healing journey of like, let me just do one more ayahuasca ceremony and like purge and like, you know, find the shadow and find, you know, and go really deep into these gnarly places, which is powerful and healing. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more healing and, and powerful than, than pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's dive in, babe. Yeah, let's dive yeah. in. So what is, um, what is pleasure to you? How would you define pleasure?
1: Mm. For me, pleasure is my ability to be feeling good through my senses, being very activated and full experience of whatever it is that I am feeling, seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, sensing, being aware of it all. And then when it feels good in my body, really surrendering to receive that sensation fully. Mm. Mm. Hmm. yeah
0: taking it in mm-hmm. receiving yeah. it in. what about you pleasure to me pleasure is anything that brings me to life mm. pleasure is anything that pushes me leans me up against my aliveness and so that could be rapture it could be orgasm it could be rage it could be heartbreak there to me. It's like anything that brings my, my being online and brings me into my body and into my essence of the present moment with aliveness, like that is pleasure. And so mm-hmm. that's where, you know, and and so for me, I have a very expanded definition of pleasure. It doesn't always have to be the feel good yummies, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's actually the nervousness before getting on stage and giving a speech, you know, that brings me pleasure. So yeah, that, that's that's my definition. Anything that brings me to the brink of aliveness.
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah, it, it incorporates all spectrums of sensations, yes. including the sadness and the grief and the
0: rage. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's why power, uh, medicine. I think that's why pleasure is medicine, because if anything, anything that brings you into the moment with wholeheartedness and awareness and presence is medicine,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? Because ultimately we falter, we fall, we hurt when we are out of this moment. That's where disease Mm -hmm. happens. That's where discomfort. That's where depression happens when we are no longer in this moment. And so anything that can bring us into this moment is medicine and what brings us deep most deeply into the moment pleasure mm. wow, when something smells good when something, feels good, when something tastes good when it's when a song hits you the right way when an orgasm ripples through your body right like you are fully in the moment and that's why it's so medicinal i love that you're sipping you're sniffing on your essential oils over there <laughs> yeah I'll do this
1: oh one. yes Bringing you into the present moment, and I believe on one of our previous podcasts, we talked about strip clubs and why those experiences are so healing for the men. It's because when they engage in the presence of the woman, they are fully present, and for them, that's that moment, whether it's conscious awareness of pleasure or not, they get to be there and now, and that's like the medicine for them that they might not even consciously know, but that's really what's happening.
0: Totally. I think that's one of our, I know that's one of our superpowers as women is we naturally, we naturally live in pleasure. We, we are, our default state of being is of the body, right? It's of the Mm -hmm. senses. And that's where we can really bring men such powerful medicine because a man's natural default setting is in the mind it's in the logos right it's in the thinking the strategy mm-hmm. and so when a man is in the presence of a woman who's embodied and in her radiance and in her pleasure i mean there's no greater medicine
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> in
0: nature. there's no greater medicine than being in nature why because nature is present it's embodied it's vibrating with erotic energy it's in her pleasure
1: Indeed. Yeah. And I do find nature to be very sexual, also. Like, yeah. if we just look at some structures of some plants and some trees, there's just like yonis and lingams everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, once you see it, you will see it everywhere. And then it's like, you realize, well, I'm part of nature. So, so am I. And so it's like this tantric eco sexuality awareness begins to develop. And we as women get to feel a lot more connected to earth through our bodies and through our wombs and I pray that we can bring more men online into the realms of being present in our bodies into feeling that connection with nature and into beginning to experience pleasure in all the other ways outside of what most men are conditioned pleasure to be as totally. which is mostly like either genital
0: oriented or like a
1: food senses oriented totally, totally. Yeah.
0: yeah and also like Something that's very common for men. Like, you think of like, what do you like men do? They like go to the bar and get a beer. Why? Because a beer like it brings you, it softens you, it drops you into your body. So does a joint, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the spiritual herbal medicine of cannabis, it's like so deeply embodying, it's so feminine right? Mm-hmm. So it's like men deeply crave this as medicine. And so do we as women, you know, it's, it's, it's remembering too that most women are living deeply disconnected from their heart and from their womb because they've learned how to operate in the mental realm through the man's lens in this modern world. So this medicine is needed for all of us. Fortunately, mm-hmm. Allie, we have a PhD in pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank goodness for this beautiful path that chose us. yeah,
0: yeah. My, my moon is in Taurus, so I have no uh, you know I came into this this lifetime with a PhD in pleasure so comes yeah. very naturally to me and I know it comes very naturally to you as well. yeah
1: and it is- was there it is a medicine and I wonder for you because there definitely was a time for me when I wasn't as connected and as aware of this capacity within me. And I actually had to work consciously and do things to open myself up. Mm. I wonder if your journey was the same where your pleasure awareness wasn't as online as it is now.
0: Mm. I, So I've always been... I've always been a pleasure seeker. I've always been a pleasureista, you know, very into like the hedonistic ways ever mm-hmm. since I was really a child. Um, however, what's shifted for me is my pleasure seeking before. Um, my pleasure seeking before was actually a way to take me out of the moment. Mm-hmm. So my, how I used to seek pleasure was actually a form of numbing as, as, mm-hmm. as sort of ironic as that sounds, because I was living in such a state of inner turmoil and disconnection and pain and loneliness that I wasn't wanting to feel. So I was reaching for peak states of pleasure with drugs and alcohol and like very extreme states of pleasure to actually take me out of my body and out of the moment. Right. And so what's shifted for me is the more I come into the present moment, the deeper I come into my body, the more I alchemize my truth and emotions, the less external stimulation Mm. I need to find pleasure. Like I've like, I can just take a, take a, take a deep breath and tune into like the subtle, subtle smells in the air and like the subtle fabric on my skin. And like, that's enough, right? That's enough Mm. for me. Now granted I still fucking love peak experiences. Don't get me wrong. Still love them, but that's not the only way. That I receive pleasure now like pleasure is woven into the fabric of my life
1: mm, I love that it sounds like you found a way to feel the more subtleties mm-hmm. of pleasure rather than reaching for the really obvious and extreme
0: forms of pleasure exactly yeah it's like the micro dosing on pleasure yeah. instead of just overdosing on it from time to time yeah and yeah. What, what about your journey with pleasure what's that been like for you
1: hmm Yeah, it's been definitely a lot about softening into my body and into my being. I think earlier on, it wasn't so much about like self-pleasure. It was more about sourcing my pleasure from either my partners or from exterior spaces. And over my journey with the yoga and the breath work and the tantric practices, I realized that I am the source of my pleasure and that pleasure is everywhere if I, like you said, tune into the more subtle awareness of my senses. And for me, a lot of the things that I really enjoyed dropping into is my massage practice, my yoni massage practice with myself and really moving the energy through the body, up through the heart, up through the throat and feeling the tingles and the little activations. And over time, they became like more and more and I would be able to actually control the flow like the subtlety or the intensity of the energies. And for me, that was the biggest exploration of my own, the subtle realms of my pleasures by being able to activate it with my own intentions, with my own touch and move the energy with breath, with visualization.
0: Mm. And
1: yeah. Yeah. I actually fell off my practice for a while because I've had a lover for so long now who loves on me and massages me. And I was like,
0: on orgasms.
1: <laughs> I was overdosing on too much pleasure. And it feels like when I, when I was single, there was a lot more self-pleasure, a lot more Yoni eggs and crystal toys, fun play. But now I see myself like writing really intense waves of pleasure because of our engagement where in the past with my own self-pleasure i could just hold the the crystal dildo on my g-spot without moving it and i can just breathe in and out and i would feel the surge of energy whereas now the intensity of the expression of his love is usually like very intense and so i part of me actually misses it a little more softness so i think that's something i need to bring back as part of my summer self-exploration
0: love that I love that I was actually just thinking about that today when I was at, at the beach just now before this podcast recording I was in the water and I realized similar to what you're saying Ali I'm like, oh I'm in a yin phase of my sexuality right now like I'm in a phase of like subtle body energetic orgasmic frequency and my self-pleasure practices have been more like me going into the ocean and like, feeling like the orgasmic frequency of the ocean like washing through Mm -hmm. my energetic body as opposed to penetrating myself with toys and really going into like a deep fiery practice and so there's Mm -hmm. beauty in that of retreating and receding back into the yin space of pleasure and like the subtleties like you said like the more energetic orgasms and the more breath this little breath activations. And there's a time and a place because like the primal fucking is also, we need that too. Right. But Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we have an expanded capacity for pleasure so that we don't, so that we don't desensitize, desensitize ourselves. Right. So that we are able to feel pleasure on all ends of the spectrum, not just with the intense vibrator the primal fucking like the loud loud dance floor right can you also feel pleasure like in the silence in the Mm -hmm. jungle and feel the orgasmic frequency that's moving through the air and through your body right and i think that's Mm -hmm. really like that's the ninja the ninja space right there
1: absolutely yeah and i think this is a space that we can also support moving our conversation into is how do our listeners tap into more of these subtle realms and like what can they do and practices that they can bring into their lives? Because yeah. like you said, a lot of women and men are conditioned by really intense vibratory tools, very explicit mm-hmm. pornography scenes. And so there's like a lot of charge that takes place to get people to those states. Yes, And so maybe we can talk a little bit about that direction like what can people do
0: yeah yeah this is a great question and thanks for steering it this way because one of the things that tantra teaches us is how to resensitize ourselves to like you had said in the beginning to be able to receive the pleasure in every moment and if we're so used to high impact pleasure you know, like kink and like loudness and like raw, more of that fiery energy, then we aren't able to feel those subtleties. So my suggestion would be that if you're wanting to step into the subtle realms of pleasure so that you can experience it all the time is to actually start to pull back, to recede, to almost take like a fast in a way from the high intensity dopamine soaked (laughs) rushes of pleasure that you might be seeking. And it's not to say you just not, you know, you're just putting on the shelf for a moment. You're like taking a little detox from it so that you can start to realign your nervous system and the, the sensitivity, the sensory receptors in your body to begin to notice when someone's lightly breathing on your neck and can you find orgasm? Can you find the rush and the thrill of orgasm in that, right? So if you have a lover to invite them into soft, slow, subtle, sensual lovemaking. And if you don't have a lover Mm -hmm. or if you're exploring this on your own, to actually do the same, to actually bring yourself into pleasure, but in the slowest, softest, most gentle way. And then you're able to tune into like the breath, the subtle electric pulse of orgasm that moves through your body that you won't be able to feel if you're looking for like a squirting G-spot orgasm. If you're just looking for that, you're gonna miss out on the energetic waves of bliss that are always moving through your body. So that would be my suggestion is to sort of take a fast from the high impact, high intensity, peak states of pleasure and come into the more subtle realms of ecstasy and touch
1: hmm yes, that's a beautiful share. Thank you for that.
0: Yes, yeah. Um, and, and with the breath as well, like I think that we have many different layers of the body, right? We have our physical body, our primal body. We have our heart. We have our emotional body. We have our pranayama, our, our breath body. And so those subtle realms are actually outside of the physical body. They're beyond the physical body.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so for example like when you have an orgasm like you had said can you when you have an orgasm or when you're in an orgasmic state can you breathe and invite that energy up the body can you notice that can you notice that it's actually rising can you notice that it's actually moving right so to begin to play subtly with the orgasmic energy in your body will naturally open you up to those more yin states of pleasure
1: Yes. Yeah, it's a lot about slowing down and choosing where we bring our awareness to. Mm -hmm. And so my recommendation to complement what you've just shared for people to start tapping into more of these subtle realms would be to have an intentional practice where they move through their senses Mm -hmm. with, with things that will force them to bring awareness to what it is they're doing. And so whether it's taking a really slow time to eat a bite of watermelon or a strawberry or whatever it is that is touching the lips or the mouth to really like when I do erotic eating space, I like to feel into like the tip of my tongue, the back of my tongue when I swallow, like what's the sensation, what's the taste in my mouth to become like really aware of all the dimensions Mm -hmm. that the mouth has. And something that I find interesting is like, we taste salt on the front side of the tongue, whereas like the bitter things are tasted in the back of the tongue. Mm -hmm. And then another tricky part, if you actually close your nose as you're eating, you will not be able to sense or smell what you're eating, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting part. Yeah. And then And then so we have this the the taste and then the sense of smell for me is my favorite is working with incense or essential oils or even smelling the foods. This is for me where I can really tune into those subtle realms and like you can smell like a flower like magnolias for me are my favorite flowers, and just like slowly sniffing up that spring magnolia flower. Like it's orgasmic, like to ah, meet an total. orgasmic sensation. And then also the, the sense of sight and having uh, a, an experience where like the other day I walked into this building in Miami and it's a new gym that just opened up and the entire gym was painted in this like psychedelic, shamanic, tribal glow in the dark paint art and I was enveloped in this cocoon of this like scenery glow in the dark and Lotus and yin yang and tigers and jaguars. I walked into that room and my heart was exploding. I was like, first of all, I'm having a full body orgasm just from being here. And second of all, who the hell owns this place? Because I need to talk to him. Yeah, And I had like a full sensory activation from being in that space And so it just goes to show you that an orgasm doesn't have to be just genital created by sexual penetration or self-pleasure. It can literally be evoked by being immersed into life, into senses, into awareness from all the different perspectives. And like Holly was mentioning, like having somebody gently stroke your neck, something that I used to practice in my self-pleasure was without even touching my skin, I would do some breath work, I would move my body, I would activate the Kundalini energy. And as I would visualize, I would let's say visualize air energy on my neck. And the more I held awareness on my neck without actually touching the neck, the more there was like a pulsing sensation that would like open up. And so then you can take that awareness as you become aware and then you can move it into your heart. You can move it into your belly, you can move it into your shoulder, or you can move it into your actual genitals and just hold the awareness of energy build up. And then you can have no touch full body orgasm with time and practice. This, this is advanced level practice, but this this is is what's possible. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah, (laughs) this, This is what's possible. This is what's possible for everybody that's listening and, and realizing that, you know, Ali and I are we're tantricas and we've devoted ourselves to the path of pleasure, but we've learned these tools, right. And these tools are available to yes. anybody, you know, everybody's body is wired for the list. We don't make a single hormone in our body that doesn't feel good besides adrenaline, but that's only meant to be released like occasionally, you know, or cortisol, but every hormone, dopamine, serotonin, epinephrine, you know, oxytocin, these are like nature's pharmacy, right? And we access this pharmaceutical treasure chest through pleasure, through touch, through breath, through movement, through intimacy, right? This is essentially what Tantra teaches us, is how to live ecstatically, right? Through the body, without, you know, and this is why psychedelics are so incredible, uh, LSD or MDMA, right? Because it gives us it creates a bridge for us in our body an access point of what's possible like holy shit this love that i feel in my heart right now is possible oh my gosh this expanded state of consciousness right but then the the point of the psychedelic is to create a a potential for us Mm. inside of our body and then and then our job is to get there on our own right through breath, through sound, through movement, through sexuality, through, you know, deeply embodied living and pleasure. And so pleasure is the the, the natural, the natural psychedelic.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that you're mentioning creating a bridge and having that awareness of how to get there Uh, without psychedelics an experience that I had for me that created a like a bridge to my own orgasms. I used to not know what G-spot orgasms were. I didn't know about cervical orgasms. I didn't know about like you can have nipple orgasms. And because I didn't know, I also didn't know how to guide my partner at the time to take me there. Mm -hmm. And so part part of personal practice is learning how to open up your own gateways of pleasure so that you know how to get there. So then when you are with a partner and you want to connect in those realms, then you can give them, the blueprints and the path of how to get you there. But we have to practice and we have to do this work with ourselves on our own, creating time and space so that we can know ourselves better, which is which is what tantra is all about. It's the path towards self-realization. Right. And so we have to put in some time to connect with ourselves and know what it is that we need in order to expand into those dimensions.
0: Yes fuck yeah and that to me is like the epitome of sexual sovereignty and sexual empowerment is a woman or a man or anybody in between somebody that knows the map of their body and not just in pleasure but also in contraction oh when i feel this tightening here on this side of my throat what does that mean what is my body trying to tell me right so it's like knowing the map of your body inside and out so that when you have a visitor you know they go on this grand adventure with you and this is why i think even when you're in partnership or lovership it's still vital to have your own pleasure practice right it may not be as often because you're 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 sourcing pleasure from from a lovership but but as you share in partnership your body will also want to be explored in new ways which you can do in a self pleasure practice so that you're still able to guide your partner into uncharted territory with you you know mm-hmm.
1: so yeah Oh yes. So much good stuff. I love, love, love these conversations.
0: Um, One of the things I'd love to mention with this concept of pleasure as medicine is that having that awareness, and this is something that I've experienced a lot within the last year, because I'm such a big believer of pleasure as medicine, is also having that awareness of we we can also sometimes use pleasure as a bypass and as an escape, right? So it's like, ah, just take me beyond this moment and bring me back into a peak experience. Like, ah, I'm feeling lonely. Like, ah, let me just find something pleasurable to immerse myself in, or I'm feeling bored or frustrated. Like, ah, let me just reach for something pleasurable to distract me from this moment. And so I think that's something really important to mention here is that pleasure is medicine, yes, and it can also be a distraction or a poison or a numbing tool if we're not actually willing to be with the moment and we're using pleasure as a escape from the moment as opposed to a doorway deeply into the moment. So I just want to mention that because that's something that I've noticed within myself this last year is that I can I can have a tendency to do that. I, I can have a tendency to want to rush through my grief and i'm just like put me on a dance floor and bring me back into ecstasy as soon as possible because i don't want to feel this grief you know so it's like um as opposed to how can we find pleasure in the grief how can we find pleasure in the heartbreak in the aliveness and then from there alchemize it and then reach ecstasy and joy as opposed to bypassing it
1: Yes, that's such an important point. Thank you for bringing this up. Just like with anything in life, addictions can come in many forms. Mm. And in this way, if we don't have enough awareness, then pleasure can become an addiction and a form of dissociation from dealing from what's actually going on, which I think is what a lot of men do is when there's things going on they will go and turn to pornography fast quick releases to release whatever it is that they're feeling versus actually like sitting with the feelings and i love how you mentioned finding pleasure in the discomforting feelings like rage grief and sadness so for those people who might not know what the word alchemizing mean what do you mean when you say taking that grief and alchemizing it like what would that look like for somebody who's not familiar
0: mm. so when i think of the word alchemy i think of like turn you know it's an uh, it's like an elemental like uh chemical process of taking a substance and literally turning it into something else like turning silver into gold right and so when we alchemize emotion emotion through the lens of tantra every emotion is on a continuum that always leads to love and freedom. Every single emotion has within it the gateway to liberate you into love and freedom. But the only way to get there is to go as deeply as you can with presence, curiosity, and compassion into the emotion, be intimate with it, fuck it, love it, you know, let it fuck you, be open to it. And then when you meet the emotion so like, with so much presence and attunement, that is what dissolves and that's the alchemy. The, the, the grief actually begins to melt. And within that melting, the gem and jewel of love within that grief reveals itself. And now you can take that love and expand with it. But you have to go into the emotion in order to, to have that alchemical process. If you're suppressing mm-hmm. the emotion and bypassing it and just wanting to go straight to the love and straight to the pleasure, then you're weighed down, your body's weighed down, your lungs are weighed down with grief, your liver's weighed down with anger. You actually don't have an expanded capacity to feel pleasure and love because your body's filled with mm-hmm. heavy emotions. You know? So that's what I mean by alchemy is you're actually going in, you're going in with uh, the flashlight of your loving presence and awareness and you're going straight into the center of the emotion and alchemizing it and retrieving the love from it because there's love inside every single human emotion
1: yeah thank you for elaborating on that i think that was really important yeah yeah
0: yeah and and tantra is essentially an alchemical practice right it's an alchemical practice we're taking masculine and feminine energy bringing them together and creating you know whatever we want (laughs) Mm-hmm. whether that's a child, whether it's a piece of art, whether it's, you know, a, a, a legacy, you know, whatever it is. And so, yeah, let's take a deep breath there. We just, whew, Yeah. Just, just let that land for ourselves and for those that are listening. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, Ali, like with your journey to pleasure to becoming a pleasureista with a PhD in pleasure. What's your experience been like with dissolving guilt around pleasure, whether it's in the receiving of it or allowing of it? Hmm. Guilt with
1: receiving or allowing pleasure. Hmm. I don't think I have a lot of guilt. As of late, at least it's been, yeah. it's been a long journey. There's been some shame around Mm -hmm. being witnessed in my pleasure as well as some shame around like the way my genitals look the way my body looks like that bodily shame which was a little bit early on in my face not so much guilt I think shame is a stronger emotion that I felt Mm. yeah yeah and and I think that comes from the conditioning of Victoria's Secret models and the things that you see on pornography and just not being aware that I am my own woman and my body is my own body and it's going to look my own unique way. So there was some body shame that I felt through in my early days, maybe like 18 to like 25. Mm. And then when I discovered a marrow practice with the yoni gazing that's when a lot of things started changing for me Mm -hmm. I remember one of my first practices with tantra was an invitation to bring a mirror to my genitals Mm -hmm. and to watch her and breathe and expand and that's when I started melt a lot of my own insecurities around how I looked how I smelled like how she looked when she was aroused and that was a that was a portal like my yoni acted as a portal for me to alchemize those discomforting feelings by actually witnessing myself in
0: that vulnerability such a powerful practice and it yeah. takes courage you know it takes courage it's like i know for all women and and maybe for men too um when you look at your yoni or you look at your genitals for the first time with curiosity it's like seeing a stranger mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like you're, you've are you been a part of my body for my whole entire life. And this is the first time I'm actually saying hello to you, right? It's a profound practice. And I'm so glad that that's, that's allowed you to really soften and open into deeper states of pleasure. What a gift to be able to give yourself. Yeah. It's
1: the level of acceptance. I think that's really important. Acceptance comes in our place of hearts. And I think the ultimate pleasure takes when we have our hearts opened and connected versus trying to reach for the pleasure from the lower chakra centers where shame, guilt, and fear resides. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the hearts, this is full on compassion, acceptance, rawness, authenticity. And so it's a journey for people to get here. And, you know, I'm actually really surprised by how many women and man actually never even looked at their genitals with the perspective that we're talking about right now. And that in itself is initiation into your self-love on like a very deep and spiritual level.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, going from the, going from the lower chakras and not lower, meaning less than lower, literally meaning lower in your body. Um, your lower chakras the journey from there up to your heart is the the royal road of, of tantra it's it's taking your humanity your animal your primal instincts and bringing them into that transpersonal space of love and devotion and that's the missing link for a lot of people and that's why a lot of people are disconnected from their pleasure because they associate their pleasure with just like carnal desire and lustful wanting and egoic you know you know, lusting and yearning and, 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 and yes, it's that, and when you can merge that with your heart space, with your higher awareness, with your godlike nature, you know, that's when you realize like your, your pleasure is your portal to God, you know, it's your pleasure, your pleasure is your portal to the goddess, it's the, it's the portal to the present moment, um, and there's no, uh, there's no pleasure that's, that's not, holy in my opinion
1: mm, beautifully said
0: yeah and the, to speak to the shame piece we cannot we literally from a neurobiological standpoint cannot experience shame and pleasure at the same time We can't if if we're experiencing pleasure and shame comes in to our nervous system shame takes the lead and, and pleasure actually gets bypassed in that moment And a lot of the times we've been conditioned so strongly to feel like pleasure is bad, it's wrong, especially sexuality and sexual pleasure, that it's so deep in our nervous systems that when we experience states of rapture or ecstasy or bliss in our sexual experience, the shame just comes up out of nowhere because we've been conditioned. Mm -hmm. So it's like a deep journey um, to expanding your capacity for pleasure is you're also gonna meet your shame every step of the way you're going to meet your shame this is a lot of the work that i do with clients is is really helping clients learn and know how to meet shame with such reverence and such compassion and begin to dissolve it because on the other side of shame is truth on the other side of shame is pleasure and shame is a sign that societal religious familial familial conditioning is actually dissolving in your body
1: yeah absolutely Shame and guilt are the two strongest emotions that I also experience with my clients, especially mm-hmm. for men, the guilt for wanting to ask for pleasure, wanting to have more sex with their partners, mm-hmm. guilt for going to pornography when those needs are not met. And so I find that a lot of men are living in that guilt Space, whereas perhaps the feminine, the women are more on like the shame aspect.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really beautiful realization there, Ali. And there is a difference. They they definitely guilt and shame have a similar vibration, but guilt is like I would say the difference between guilt is like guilt is like I did something wrong, I did something bad. It's like a a reaction to your behavior. It's how you feel about your behavior or your action. Shame is like I am bad. Mm-hmm. I am wrong. It's not actually my behavior. It's me that's inherently bad, right? Mm-hmm. And so shame can actually be heavier than guilt um, because it's deeply personal. You know, it's, it's unrelated to the circumstance and it's more like I am not good. Um, and so this is such a big part of the journey. And this is why pleasure is such medicine because when you can give yourself permission To feel the shame, but to try and move beyond that and to find the pleasure that's available beyond that, that's when the the moment of medicine comes in to heal you. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. And I did talk about my healing of shame with my ISTA container uh, on my podcast. I don't know if we talked about it previously, but there was a moment that came through for me there and I witnessed it. And literally all I did, I just, I was present with it. And I moved with it and then it dissolved. And it's it can be literally that simple, but what we need to have is the awareness yes. when it comes up. And so for me, it looked like my body would tense up, my heart would close, I would come become hyper aware of what's going on, who's around me. And so in that moment, having that awareness, I was able to notice, oh shit, I'm feeling this right now. Let me breathe into that.
0: Mm-hmm. To be with it. It's one of the hardest emotions. Shame is one of the hardest emotions to be with because it just, it's so contracting. It's like all you want to do when you're feeling shame is hide. You don't want to be seen. You want to literally disappear into yourself. So mm-hmm. to have the courage to, to feel the shame rising and to actually be with it and breathe, like you said, beyond it and expand beyond it is so courageous It's so courageous and shame is not one thing I want to point out here is shame is actually not a natural emotion. It is a conditioned emotion that we've been trained to feel to keep us good, to keep us right. It is not a naturally occurring emotion. It is just not, it is not, you know, animals don't experience it. Nature doesn't experience it until children get punished. Children don't experience it. So it's actually not when we dissolve enough of our shame and realize it's actually not a part of our natural emotional experience. Like that's really liberating as well. Cause you can know that all the shame that's moving through your body. It's actually not true. It's actually not true.
1: Mm, Yes, that is a beautiful point to bring up. And for a lot of people, shame is developed in the household at very early age, when you're a toddler, and you're just beginning to explore your sexuality, you're noticing that your genitals might look different from your friend's genitals. And, you know, there's probably moments where mom or dad catch you playing with your friend, and then they scold you for it and tell you how bad it is. And so that's like, if we go back like to the root of the shame, it's really at those early days and then boys during their times of getting into masturbation, like having to do it in a bathroom or behind closed doors and just conditioning your body that, you know, this is not okay. I have to do it quick because the need does still need to be met and so it's important for us to track back, like, where did that shame begin? And this is where it's good to work with somebody who can, like, take you through that journey so that you can catch it in that moment and then rewire the story that you told yourself at that time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's such an important piece, right? But your seven-year-old self that said, I will be ostracized from my family if I feel pleasure. So I'm going to feel ashamed to keep me from feeling pleasure, right? Yeah it's um and you know then you throw into the mix any sort of way of loving or relating that's outside of societal norm so you move out of heterosexual relationships into the broad rainbow spectrum of all the ways there are to live in love and express our pleasure and love and devotion and there's so much shame around that right there's so much shame around that in society and so it's everywhere. You know, shame is woven into, um, all of our experiences. And this is why liberation, sexual liberation, what are we liberating ourselves from ultimately shame, shame. And what's on the other side of that shame, pleasure, truth, love,
1: <laughs> yes. all
0: the good stuff, all the good stuff. So My mentor, Layla Martin, one of the things that she says, she's like, I eat shame for breakfast every day. I eat a little bit of shame (laughs) and each day I dissolve a little bit more shame within my body so that each day I can feel more and more pleasure, truth, and love moving through my system. So yeah, this Mm -hmm. is, this is the hero's path, the hero's journey. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. I love that.
0: Yeah. Ah. Yes. So pleasure is medicine, right? And I love these pieces that, that we've really woven in here into the spaces. It could be as simple as breathing deeply. It could be being out in nature and feeling the squishy mud between your toes. It could be losing yourself in rapture with your lover or in your own personal pleasure practice. It could be on the floor wailing in grief and feeling your aliveness. That's alive in that moment. It's every single moment is a moment, an opportunity for pleasure right mm-hmm. every single moment i agree yeah what else sister? anything else you want to um throw into this cauldron that we're in mm. it feels really good i
1: almost feel like i would want to go back and like re-listen to everything we shared there was so much juice that was shared in and i think this is good for now allowing people space and time to really feel and integrate into this information because this right here is a lifelong journey, moving from shame and guilt into pleasure and awareness and truth and love. And so I feel really good for this, at least this talk conversation.
0: Yes, absolutely. And it's the final piece that I want to add in here is when I, when I think of one of the deeper pieces of what sacred sexuality is and, and what Tantra is, it's integrating the shadow with our light, Right. And so much of our sexuality lives in the shadow because of shame, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we can liberate sexuality from our shadow and actually allow ourselves to enjoy it in the quote unquote light of day without shame, with full expression, with full pride, with full reclamation, you know, to me, like that is that is what sacred sexuality is all about. It's taking, taking pleasure out of the shadow taking taking the guilt and dusting it away from our sexual experiences taking the shame and moving it away and um yeah that's really the invitation here is to begin to do that and Allie and i are both available for supporting you on this path to begin to dissolve dissolve shame and bring more pleasure in your life like i said we got our phds baby we got our phds and pleasure (laughs) we picked the right uh the right path to walk the you? best
1: degree to have in this time and space yeah,
0: yeah. I always say I'm so glad I'm not an <laughs> yeah i so glad I'm not an accountant so thank you sister for joining me with this space is there anything that you want to mention for upcoming offerings or uh, adventures that you have coming up that you want to mention here to our listeners
1: Oh, yes. For anyone who's in
0: Miami in the
1: month of June, in two weeks, we're going to have a Garden of Love Essential Thai Tantra Yoga Adult Play Party. Oh, this is God. this is our first summer event that me and my team of tantric ministries putting together. And we're going to have a lot of amazing, yummy offerings, including a Thai massage demo that's going to be R-rated. We're going to have massage party palace, aphrodisiac elixirs. Basically, we're bringing our essence, our playfulness and joy and bringing Tantra into that for couples and singles to come and experience our community celebration. So that's going to be Garden of Love, June 24th in North Miami. And you'll find my link in the links that Holly will share.
0: Okay. And is there, would that just be your, your, website the sacred muse tantra is that your instagram like how can people find more about that
1: yep i will send you the link and you can share it in the notes below
0: great awesome Awesome. yeah everything you're saying like my pussy is literally pulsing (laughs) she's like she's purring (laughs) yes what's the date june 24th okay june 24th you know and zach's doing his temple this week like there's so many there's so much happening i'm like yeah i i just i i'm gonna i'm really gonna devote myself this 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 upcoming year to like attending as many of these these beautiful events as possible globally like outside you know outside of costa rica and really beginning to tap into the 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 communities that we've been weaving you know and
1: absolutely you're always welcome here in florida
0: yes, yes. Yeah. Um, beautiful Allie. Well, yeah, I will just share my, my offering, my deep heart song and devotion is my tantric awakening mentorship and coaching program. It can be anywhere from three, six or 12 months, depending on the level of trauma that you have in your body around your sexuality and around your heart. Um, but really it's a deep dive into embodying your erotic energy, liberating your love and freeing your shadow to come into full expression, full aliveness and full totality as a woman. So that's my core offering, um, and planning a lot of beautiful, juicy things for the busy season later on in the year. Um, but yeah, we'll leave all our links below. Thanks for joining us today for our temple priestess talks, getting a really a uh, beautiful sneak peek into, um, me and Ali's heart space and, and truth space here. So it feels an honor to have you here, Ali. And thanks for joining me in this space.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank love- you so much, Holly. And thank you everyone for listening and for being courageous and brave to walk this path towards truth, love, and light.
0: Yes.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: You're here with a mission to inspire and impact many through your purpose. I'm here to support your mission by sharing the tools, practices, and teachings of Tantra, empowering you to become empowered by pleasure as you light up the world with your love and service. Serve from overflow. This is the new paradigm way of the embodied feminine leader, and I am honored to teach you how. I'm here to help you gently release any and all things within your being that are out of alignment and no longer true, so you can create space for all your desires to enter your life. No more sacrificing yourself for service. No more putting pleasure, rest, and celebration at the bottom of the pile. It's time to let your feminine essence and primal sensual power become your new fuel source. It's time to come fully alive. Your tantric awakening awaits. Join me for Tantric Awakening, a three or six month mentorship for women to return to the throne of your body and become fully alive. Click the link below and visit hollytarayacom mentorship to begin your tantric awakening journey today. Thank you for joining me today on the Shamanic Tantra podcast. To dive deeper on your Tantra journey, visit my website at hollytaraya.com for my online courses, books, private mentorships, and group coaching programs. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with your friends. May you live in truth, beauty, and freedom. Love, Holly Taraya.